Hello, hello, Libras. We're going to be finishing up God's tabernacle. Now they're all busy building his house. All the little things that he talked to Moses about, they're going to be step-by-step step building it and finishing up the tabernacle. This will be the final podcast for Exodus. So yay. Thank you, Mark, for doing all of this so far. And I do appreciate, although I, I hope I, you know, I can relay that to you somehow that this is a big deal for me especially and for all of you guys that have hung on and watched this so i would like some feedback from you guys to see if this has really been good for you guys helpful in you know learning and what we talk about give some positive feedback if you got some negative hate stuff that's fine too i'll i'll, I'll read that too but i do want to thank you so much for all the work and effort that you do. This has been a huge blessing for me. Uh, and actually, you know, this is probably the only time I hate to say it, but I read when I'm reading with you instead of on my own sometimes. I've gotten used to. So this has been like a huge learning process for me as well. So I wanted to share my video that I did for you, but um, probably going to get copyright strike, but I'll risk it. So let's just see. And some of your haters don't like it. That's fine. But it was just. A fun <laughs> wait, wait. Do you want to put it at the end? Because <laughs> yeah, we're not done yet. We're end. not done with Exodus yet. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Let's, and, and I think okay. I know a little bit. I, I've heard uh, if I think it's going to include a person that you said, that person is uh, is is known for annoying people. <laughs> yeah. But I love. When I heard it for the first time, it's uh, the the person that I use a little clip from was Yoko Ono's. Oh, so, and very oh my god, figure. crazy screaming, crazy lady, but you know it's fun. So I used it for to make a fun video out of it. So hopefully, uh, YouTube will let me use a few little seconds of it. Uh, but we'll just do Exodus for now. So hang on to the end, and if you can last yeah. out. Then. Save the best for last. Yeah. <laughs> What's right. better than Yoko Ono? <laughs> <laughs> but you'd be surprised. Oh, yeah. I didn't think she had any talent, but she does. I think she does. Well, it's Weird Japanese. Uh, it's a certain type of music that not everyone likes. Yeah. Um, it's non traditional music at all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she made a whole song on like the toilet flushing. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of art. It was like it's like avant-garde. It's yeah. music, like an avant-garde artistic uh, approach to sound. No, I yeah, wouldn't even call it music. I, I remember, like like Eric Clapton said, he was playing uh, a concert with with Yoko and John, and then he heard he thought he thought there was like two cats fighting. Oh really? <laughs> and he looked over, and it was Yoko Ono singing. <laughs> yeah, which I looked up her story because I didn't know too much about them, you know, other than that people hated her because they thought uh, they she broke up the Beatles or something. But well, that was Paul. Paul. Paul had his 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 wife, his quote unquote wife. Um, his his father in law was his manager he had a different manager than the rest of the beatles and that's that oh. instantly breaks up a band because now yeah. one guy has a different financial interest yeah. or a different agenda than the other guys so it was really paul getting a different manager which was his father-in-law than the other beatles yeah you know, and she ended up getting blamed that for that but and, she was and she was kind of like this insane woman that or yeah. whatever she was this insane person hanging out in the studio with them while they're trying to yeah work. that's a bit of a problem as well you know well i guess uh john lennon was married 
and the way they met yeah was art gallery or whatever that she had yeah but then she just they got together so they in their house so that their marriage instantly broke up that day so like oh okay so it started off with adultery <laughs> and ended up you know badly for all of them but it's probably some kind of witch. she actually has an album called uh yes i'm a witch too yeah some truth in that so that was the thing. And after I, you know, like listened to some of her song, then I realized, oh, she's self-proclaiming witch. And she has a whole song <laughs> based on witchcraft. So then that oh, explains wow. the whole thing. So I don't know. I think. The we'll muse. See. It's the muse. These these rock stars have a muse because the, the, the musicians, they hear the mute. Like I talked about before, I think they, they hear the music. They don't write the music, the best songs. Like they write probably maybe some of the filler on the albums, but they don't, those hit songs are not of human origin, in my opinion, and to a certain extent in my experience. Um, and, and the testimony of hundreds of musicians have like professional rock stars and musicians, famous people have actually said this themselves. Yeah. So I'm not making stuff up. They're, they are channeling the music and from a, a different origin. Channeling- demonic stuff i feel like their presence on earth is allowed to happen so of that's course, how yeah. they get money and fame and all that there was this one um black mirror type show sort of like twilight zone but a modern take on that there was this one show that they did where this famous musician had this coin it's not so famous you know street artist she met up with the famous one and then the famous singer left the coin in her guitar case or something so they were showing like how people were so obsessed with with the artist the famous one they're like you know everywhere she goes she should be surrounded by fans not so famous one the street performer she wanted she emulated that person she's like i want to be famous just like you so she got that coin and then realized that that coin was demonic powers that no matter what she did and she could have screeched you know, whatever cat sound that she wanted and even just say nothing or do nothing, but people were adoring her and giving her all this fame and attention. So whoever held that coin would become this famous star. It kind of reminded me like maybe, you know, there's something to that, that once you kind of go into this dark world, that doesn't matter what you do, you're just going to Profit. absolutely yeah I, my next the video i'm making now is kind of about this topic uh i'll hopefully finish it up this week but it's uh no there's something um very demonic going on with the celebrity culture because they're idols and I, i've i've I just yeah it'll, it's a pretty i've discovered some things I, I it's kind of a new thesis i have actually it's uh yeah there's a lot of spiritual yeah. warfare that i think people are don't really necessarily recognize that's around them all the time you know and that's yeah. why some people yeah. can never go beyond their certain points while others they don't have to do anything and you know they'll I mean, there's a there's a reason idolatry is basically the first commandment right don't like don't you know or first or second however you divide those but yeah. it's it's all related to uh, you know there's one god and don't worship idols there's a reason for that which is kind of yeah. what we've seen in Exodus and uh, will continue in Leviticus. Um, but so I think here in the story, they're still at the at Mount Sinai, and I believe they're going to be there for, uh, for quite a while, yeah. all through Leviticus as well. But time is passing, and uh, anyway, so whose turn? Do you want me to read? Uh, well, I'll give you a break for this one. Won't let okay, you and I, I have to finish uh, in about an hour and a half. 
Okay. So, so um, Exodus 37. Yeah. Making of the um, ark. Now Bezalel made the ark of acacia wood. Its length was two and a half cubits. It's with a cubit and a half and its height a cubit and a half. He overlaid it with pure gold inside and out and made a gold molding for it all around. He cast four rings of gold for it on its four feet with two rings on one side and two rings on the other side of it. He made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. He put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry the ark. Now notice it's only this one guy making all uh -huh. this, unless he had, he may have had some assistants uh, doing right. things kind of, but ba basically this whole ark thing is so holy that barely any people ever saw it because it was always covered up or it was back in the Holy of Holies. It was not a thing that common people could just look at and see it. Because I know? think maybe the glory of God was inside the box of what he put well, in, like the manna. Yeah, it was above it. It, it would it would yeah. kind of be above the uh, lid of the ark. And then they put the Ten Commandments inside of it. But nobody ever really looked at it. You couldn't look at it. That's why, like like in the Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? At the end, they, yeah. Harrison Ford says, you know, don't look at it. <laughs> and the people who did who did look at it were like fried, yeah. you know. <laughs> but do you think it's because of since God is anointed that and His glory is because the whole reason for the ark um, was that that's where God would meet Moses, right, to speak to them. With the high that's God. why they call it the mercy seat. It's yeah. it's really like an atonement lid. It has to do with the place where atonement was made on the day of atonement. So it had it's the holy of holies sacred yeah basically what i think is going on like the overall meta narrative it just occurred to me the other day like very simple everyone probably knows this already but it's just like what i think what's happening throughout history is heaven is coming to earth gradually does that make sense is that crazy yeah. or is that stupid or well, you heaven, know that already earth, heaven was already there with the garden of eden but exactly once earth yeah. got corrupted god is trying to restore it yeah yeah heaven is coming to earth and now now yeah. so yeah adam and eve and then abraham and now now it's coming in this temple yeah. or this tabernacle they're building now heaven a little piece of heaven is coming and now now after Jesus, now it's kind of inside of us, right? It's yeah. And then it will return kind of fully when he returns. So the end times is ultimately a good thing, right? It's like heaven will finally come to earth and oh, we will yeah, be, be transformed great. so that we yeah. can uh we can survive and exist in this new atmosphere of heavenly reality that will come to earth. And I think he's preparing his you know? people to live with God. Because yeah, and that's I, our sanctification is we're yeah. kind of on the on on the way to becoming glorified. So we we also have to go through this transformation process throughout our lives. Because um, you know, when Adam and Eve before they sinned, they already had the body; they already were more or less pure before they mm. got corrupted. So they already had that relationship directly with God, where God was walking in the garden with them. So once he was no, like we were became separated from him and corrupted, depending on whatever you choose in your life, the level of corruption, but we're all getting corrupted ever since then anyway. So then I think people wouldn't, if you just told people like, hey, I'm good, I'm the best thing ever since sliced bread, I don't think they would believe it until... God had to reveal himself in the ways that he's doing with all these stories to kind of prepare people. Then ultimately, it's now written down for us. So we're getting prepared 
when Jesus finally returned. If it just happened instantaneously, uh, there would be no appreciation of who God really is. But I think this kind of reveals it little by little. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. This this uh, portion of Exodus and uh, Leviticus, all that stuff, it really yeah. just lays it out there for us to visualize um, the character of God and what he, uh, and, and the, the nature of what heaven on earth might look like, you know, the justice, you yeah. know, love God, love your neighbor, right? I mean, that's basically what it does come down to. So it's the just, hardest so, thing of all. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we forget who we are. Like we just think yeah. we're these human beings living on earth in the world, but really we're in the process of becoming sanctified and eventually glorified. Yeah. And, and we're, you know, to a certain extent, eternal life has already begun or everlasting life is a bit more correct i think but everlasting life has already begun because we don't really die yep so that that gift for, for a believer already yeah. yeah so we're in that because we're in that covenant with god as his people we are eternal it's just that our body hasn't caught up yet yeah so, and so we we live a different life this is something i've been really conscious of lately um you know, we we live a different way of life than the people in this world, and that's sometimes that's the hard part, is because they will ridicule us and uh, ostracize us and all that stuff. But uh, oh, that they you do. know we're we're kind of on a different path, and they're welcome to join us, you know. But many people reject it because they yeah, want to stay in this this world, the fallen world. They they like the fallen world. They like it there. Yeah, I don't think they really you know, see God to understand what their existence really is. They're chasing after mundane things. Like exactly. the story yeah. of Esau and Jacob yeah. <laughs> selling their birthright for something stupid. Yeah. So in his training, these these Israelites, he's teaching them to be children of God. Get yeah. out of the world. He took them out of the world of Egypt and it's like, now you guys are going to be priests and kings and you know, you're going to become uh, glorified representatives of the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And, you know, of course, they kind of rebel against that most of the time. So anyway okay so so here now here's the thing so he made the mercy seat which is the lid of the ark i always thought mercy seat's a bit of a strange name to be honest like what is that <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's the you know some scholars will call it like the atonement lid but that's yeah. not as catchy i guess you know but it, there and there is grace you know this whole this whole levitical sacrificial system was given by God to allow them to make atonement. Like he didn't have to let them make atonement. He didn't you know, have to I give them a second chance. It's mercy grace. Seat because the very act of allowing us to live is kind of merciful. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he could have, I think like what he's basically saying is that, yes, you sin, you corrupted, he let you go and kind of start building, you know, this whole humanity on earth. And so the fact that, everybody is what it who they are he's given us mercy to exist and still give us gifts within this fallen world which is amazing when adam and eve when they were about to be banished from the garden he had he made them clothes by his own hands he was taking care of them like you know his little dolls that he was gonna and how did he make those clothes by killing animals animals exactly skin. exactly so, that may have been it almost was like the first sacrifice right the the animal had to die. Well, that's where it so came they from. They could live. Yeah. yeah so that was uh, substitution. Yeah. Cause he could have wiped out Adam and Eve then, but he allowed them. He allowed yeah, everybody totally. to progress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's grace and mercy and forgiveness right off the bat. Yep. It's not only a Christian thing, you know, necessarily. Yeah. Um, he takes care of everybody. Although there's more of it. I think there's more, there's more of it. 
now yeah. than there was, but it was always there. Anyway, well, I think so, he's uh, allowing the history to develop to see him eventually. So what's happening is the evil is increasing because the end times really started when Eve sinned. That was it. They lost their immortality. They lost God's, you know, God's grace to be connected to him directly. Mm. And that was Satan yeah. right after that to build his kingdom. He started his kingdom with Adam and Eve. God is allowing it, I think, that by the time it gets to true the the last day before Jesus returned, you're just going to see the fullness of Satan's kingdom and all the evil glory that he could emit. So then everybody's going to finally realize that this is God and this is what you guys accepted, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than just cutting it off in the middle or even right then early on he could have just ended it right then and started again but he didn't do that and i think because he realized that everybody was going to sin and he wants people to participate like he's like yeah. this guy is making the ark god could have just uh spoke it into existence or something yeah. like that you know right. there's this one guy and he gave him the spiritual gift like yep. these days we talk about the holy spirit and we all have little gifts that we have to benefit the kingdom of God and to, to be useful in the kingdom of God. And here's this guy building this ark. Yeah. He's very useful. He's he's building the ark, this one guy. He totally has given blessings and lives to people. Yeah, that, yeah without God's help, he yeah. couldn't have done it. And it was, it was the design was created by God. God designed the, this tabernacle. It wasn't yeah. Moses's idea. They didn't just sit around and, oh, let's build a tabernacle. God told them what to do and how to do it showed him the blueprints and and the materials like every detail was god's idea and they just obeyed master architect right here right so none of this was a human uh, of human origin totally that's why i'm in awe of this whole thing even though like the first reading i just thought okay this is a story they're building tents and the tabernacle but now that i've we gone through this in this way I totally it's, have a new... Yeah, yeah. They're, they're creating the kingdom of God on earth yeah. right here. That's what we're reading about. So it's yeah. not as boring as you think it is, right? It's uh, for the people out there. <laughs> you know, I used to think I used to think this part of the book was kind of boring. It's like, well, yeah. where's the action, man? They're, come on. <laughs> they just got out of Egypt and they're getting chased down. And that's pretty exciting. But now it's like, you know, they're building, they're constructing a little tent. It's like, well... No, they're building the kingdom of God and in a hostile world. An awesome looking kingdom with gold and precious stones. Very yep. masterful creation. It's not like it's just put up there. So that's what I think that re- when the, the heaven is actually full blown with the new heaven and new earth, I think it's going to be a beautiful place, just like God, how it makes everything beautiful. It's going to blow our minds. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because we because we're so we're so kind of uh, we're so far away from it. Even even though you know used to we have the Holy Spirit and all this stuff, but we're still so uh, so far from the from the true uh, glory of of what's uh, what's gonna what and gonna true luxury and you know everything that you I don't even think we can imagine it because we've gotten so used to the existence that we're living in. We can't even imagine you know when there's no yeah. filth, there's no decay, there's no death. So everything has to be in this full bloom. All right. So he made the mercy seat of pure gold, two and a half cubits long and one and a half cubits wide. He made two carabim of gold. He made them of hammered metal on the two ends of the mercy seat. One carob on the one end and one carob on the other end. If one piece 
of one piece with the mercy seat he made the carabim on its two ends carabim spread out their wings upward covering the mercy seat with their wings with their faces toward each other the faces of the carabim were looking toward the mercy seat so most of this is almost exactly like what you know like a 10 chapters back or so god was telling moses what to do yeah. and now they're actually doing it like it's pretty much yeah. sometimes almost word for word like that's that's what those numbers are where it says exodus 25 there yeah. that's where that's where god told him what to do and now in exodus 37 they're actually doing it that's what that is it's a cross it's a cross yeah, and it's, it's another like repeating the same thing over and over just so we know yeah so they're, they're doing it yeah which is which is good they're obeying god right um human nature is to do our own thing and obey ourselves yeah and rebel against god so they're actually following through. so they are being obedient here so give them a little right now so far so good <laughs> they haven't i mean they learned their lesson they got the new round of israelites to get back in line with god and now they're helping make and they're yeah. doing yeah they're and remember, the Levites just killed 3,000 people, yeah. and uh, God put a plague on the people. So now they're good boys and girls. <laughs> yeah, they have abundance. I don't know if we already read it or it's coming up, but they had more than enough. Where Moses Well, where are they getting this gold from? They have all this gold. They got this gold from Egypt. They're not mining it out of the ground. They got this gold from Egypt. They plundered Egypt. God gave it to them from Egypt. Yeah, yeah, God, yeah, God gave it to them. He made the table of acacia wood, two cubits long and a cubit wide and a cubit and a half high. And he overlaid it with pure gold and made a gold molding for it all around. And he made a rim of it of a handbreadth all around. And he made a gold molding for the rim all around. He cast four rings of gold for it and put the rings on the four corners that were on its four feet. Close by the rim were the rings, the holders for the poles to carry the table. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold to carry the table. He made the utensils which were on the table, its dishes and its pan and its bowls and its jars to be used in pouring out offerings of pure gold. Not sure if they have enough gold. That's what I'm saying. It's a lot of gold because... Yeah, I have a calculation later. There. I do have a number later on in this reading sometime. I, I've calculated how much the whole thing was worth. It's a lot of money. Because this is pure gold, and it had to be molten to make all these different things. So even one jar or one bowl of pure gold, even if it's this big, that's a ton of gold to do. It, does, it, it is interesting that, would, that they would bother to write all this out in such great detail. Um, yeah. But it's good because we didn't we don't have a photo of it or anything, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't really know what this was like. And uh, yeah. it's you know it's a representation of uh, the heaven you know of heaven on earth. It, it's it's an amazing place. But if you go to any you know even the temples here where I live, they're always kind of. You know they're kind of heavenly atmosphere you know what i mean yeah. the, the 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 things pointing up and there's all these angelic figures all over yeah. you know so that's that's a any any temple might be kind of similar but this this one is the temple of god and he's telling them what to do the other temples no maybe the fallen angels told people how to make temples too you know you never know oh i'm right. sure they did because they yeah. put their objects in themselves to worship the demons but even comparing yeah. to human temples that they came up with all the luxury that they could get, I don't think it was anything like this temple because these were all craftsmanship with 
detail that God gave them blueprints and instructions. It, it's really, it's really they're building God's house, you know, to and, a certain extent, and God is telling them how to do it. And there's certain things they have to do, and then then they have to keep it pure. Yeah, that's what all these the sacrifices that we'll get into with Leviticus. So this 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 kind of a preview of uh, Leviticus. They, they, they make the place, and that's like, why did they have to do all these sacrifices? Because the presence of God was there with them. Yeah. If the presence of God is not there, you don't really need to do all the sacrifices, I think. Well, yeah, because God, the reason why the sacrifices was because once sin en entered, God had to kill something to atone for their Adam and Eve, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think that was a foreshadow already since then that his son would have had to die for us so that was like all along yeah he totally. just made the clothes he didn't have to kill anything and he knew he, he knew in the back of his mind he like knew it would take that eventually yeah. he was gonna have to you know do the whole yeah, jesus like, sacrifice story right away um he knew that but he's yeah. kind of taking his time and then and then we see we don't really understand jesus unless we understand uh, leviticus that's kind of a, a little explanation of what Jesus did, you know, a preview. Yeah. I think humanity's story that he's building from Genesis to Revelation is really it's explain him. Not only like why things happen to us all the time, but really to explain him and what we're getting for, in return. Let's continue on. Oh, here's the lampstand. Then he made the lampstand of pure gold. He made it of hammered work. Its base and its shaft, its cups, its buds, and its blossoms were of the same piece. Six branches were extending from its sides, three branches of the lampstand from one side of it, and three branches of the lampstand from the other side of it. Three cups shaped like almond flowers, a bulb and a flower around the first branch, and three cups shaped like almond flowers, a bulb and a flower around the next branch, and the same for the six branches going out of the lampstand. In the lampstand, there were Four cups made like almond flowers, its bulbs and its flowers, and a bulb was under the first two branches from it, and a bulb under the next two branches from it, and a bulb under the third two branches from it, according to the six branches coming out of it. Their bulbs and their branches were of the same piece. All of it was one hammered work of pure gold. And he made it seven lamps with its snuffers and its trays of pure gold. He made it and all of its utensils from a talent of pure gold. I think the seven lamps uh, and the candlestick, it has a lot of symbology later, but the seven lamps is because of the seven churches uh, that end up <laughs> what he's talking about later. I don't know so about the that. Candlesticks represent the church in Revelation. I don't know. Well, we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, this is this is a big thing. Lamp stands and the seven lamp. Oh, yeah, I know Revelation talks about that. Yeah. yeah, incense. He made the incense altar of acacia wood. Its length was a cubit, and the width a cubit, a square, and two cubits high. Remember, a cubit was the finger to the elbow, right? Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah. and it was probably standardized, like a foot and a half, I believe. About a yeah. foot and a half as a cubit. Its horns were of the same piece. He overlaid it with pure gold, its tops, its top, its sides all around, and its horns. He also made a gold molding for it all around. He also made two rings of gold for it under its molding on its two sides, on opposite sides, to be places for the poles to carry it. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. He made the holy anointing oil and the pure incense of sweet spices, according to the work of a 
perfumer. And the, remember, the incense is in the Revelation. They talk about that's like the prayers. Yeah, it kind of represents the prayers of the saints. Of the or saints like that. that get yeah. hurled down as judgment. What, what's that so, called? That censor? That thing? Yeah, yeah. So th this is the same guy making all this stuff. That one guy. So far, he's very busy. I'm sure he had that help. Yeah, know. someone like behind the scenes, but but he may have been the only guy actually working closely with the ark to actually yeah. see it. That's kind of the sense I get. Chapter oh, thirty-eight, no. oh, making yeah. the altar of burnt offerings. So we're going to read more about the actual burnt offerings in Levit Leviticus, but here they're making the you know the the place where it all had happened. Um, he made the altar of burnt offering of acacia wood. It was five cubits long and five cubits wide. So it's pretty big. That's like what. Seven and a half feet. But it has to be big to put their big animals up there. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so it's quite large. Um, so it would take a long time to kind of clean it up and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of bigger than what I originally imagined it. You know what I mean? For some reason. Because I'm not around uh, farm animals that often. Like if you don't grow up in a farm, you, you don't, you're not aware of like the logistics of of uh, sacrificing animals, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> and like what's really That's involved really and all the cool. the blood yeah. and guts and <laughs> It's gross. I mean, I've seen a couple of YouTube videos. I was as a child, like not farm animals but like deer, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't no one in my family had animals. Um think how much they weigh too. Anywhere from 100 yeah. to 200 pounds you have to deal with, you know, especially if they're bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a skill to 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 you know to clean the animal and to you know yeah. cut it up and to get the meat and all that stuff. That's a very specific. They're kind of like skill. butchers too, early on. But they are butchers, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they they would eat this stuff. Most of them. Um, it was square and it was three cubits high, so that's about four and a half feet. Yeah, that's about right. Okay, that's gonna be that's like a table, right? Table. Yeah, table. It's like height. a big counter, and uh, he made it its horns on its four corners. The horns are part of the same piece, and he overlaid it with bronze. He made all the utensils of the altar, the pots, and all the shovels, the basins, the flesh hooks, and the fire pans. He made all its utensils of bronze. He made for the altar a, bron a bronze grating, a network beneath under its ledge. Reaching halfway up, he cast four rings for the four ends of the bronze grating to provide places for the poles. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with bronze. Put the poles into the rings of the sides of the altar with which to carry it. He made the altar hollow out of boards. So now we're kind of like the Holy of Holies thing. That was all gold. Yeah, I was just thinking that. And I'm now it's kind of getting it. out into the courtyard where they're going to sacrifice the animals yeah. and it's bronze. Yeah. So maybe there's some significance there. You know, when we read the story in Daniel, the statue was made of gold, bronze, and iron or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll have to pick up on that idea what we're seeing here when we get to that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was kind of un it was a mixture of holy and unholy, something yeah. like that. Yeah. By the time it got to the feet, it was just clay and iron, right? That. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's so many. Yeah, you have so many um, interpretations of that passage in Daniel. Um, yeah. Let's wait till we get to Daniel. <laughs> well, but I think this might help what we're reading now. That's true. Yeah, we'll kind of circle back to this when we yeah. get there. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. So he made the basin of bronze with its base of bronze from the mirrors of the... Oh, now this is interesting. From the mirrors of the women 
who served at the entrance of the tent of meeting. How so do you we're, bronze from mirrors. Well, there was there was probably they had, they had mirrors that must have had oh. bronze on the base or something. Oh, okay. Um, but who are these women? It's probably like after they built the tabernacle, they had these women who would kind of work there to kind of clean it up and service the uh, the tabernacle. The you know that kind of thing. The tent of the meeting, which yeah, was- they oh yeah, this is very interesting here. Um, it's it's mentioned later, like they do talk about the women who work there at the entrance of the tent of meeting, like or later on in the Bible, they t- they mention them again. They do just kind of that hospitality stuff they're like work kind of like the levites were in charge of certain things of uh, temple maintenance and all that um well the tent of the meeting when we read it last uh it was outside the camp the tent of meeting can also refer to the tabernacle by the way yeah Um, which it will because that got replaced with the actual if you can go to 1 samuel 2 verse 22 kind of interesting little uh side note here what happens so what happens to these women these are like totally different women later on, hundreds of years later. Now Eli was very old, and he heard all that his sons were doing to all Israel, even that they lay with the women who served at the doorway of the tent of meeting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here you have Eli, Eli, uh, Eli's sons. Eli's sons were like basically uh, wicked Mm-hmm. Israelites and they were defiling the temple and they're sleeping with the women these women who were assigned to work at the temple now he's like sleeping with them all and stuff you know so, <laughs> so we can kind of see how things went downhill eventually uh, oh, at yeah, this holy so temple cool. now they're, they're <laughs> yeah so what happened to them <clears throat> well that's a, a different story different story let's just uh anyway we, this is a side note let's go back we'll go back don't worry about that we'll get there later (laughs) but so anyway so that these these women at the tent these are totally different people but they had this the system was still in place though all the all those you know that was like the time of david they had it but the corruption like 400 years later yeah Yeah. hundreds a couple hundred years later there's still they had these women working there that was their role but now they're being like used you know they're they're defiling the temple in, in that way so uh, all right so he made the courtyard on the south side southward the hangings of the courtyard were fine twisted linen 100 cubits their 20 pillars of their 20 bases were bronze the hooks of the pillars and their bands were silver for the north side of the hangings uh, were 100 cubits their 20 pillars and their 20 sockets were bronze the hooks of the pillars and their bands were of silver. So now you got silver, right? Bronze and silver and gold, like the Olympics. <laughs> so they're kind of getting further away, in a way, from yeah. the uh, Holy of Holies. So they're getting down to the cheap stuff, the silver. <laughs> <laughs> For the west side of the hangings were 50, 50 cubits. Which is huge. So 75 feet with their 10 pillars and their 10 sockets. The hooks of the pillars and their bands were of silver. For the east side... Eastward, 50 cubits. The hangings of one side of the gate were 15 cubits with their three pillars and their three sockets. And also the other side with the court gate on both sides of the gate, the courtyard were hangings. The hangings were 15 cubits with about 22 and a half feet, something like that, with their three pillars and their three sockets. All the hangings of the courtyard all around were fine, were of fine twisted linen. The sockets for the pillars were bronze the hooks of the pillars and their bands were of silver and the overlaying of their tops of silver 
and all the pillars of the courtyard were furnished with silver bands. The screen for the gate of the courtyard was embroidered of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twisted linen. All it's right, the screen for the gate. The gate that they're doing embroidery and linen. The screen. Yeah, it's God's house, so it's 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 yeah. all uh, it's it's a nice place. I'm sure that would have been beautiful. <laughs> It's length, so it's very royal. It's in fact, this is like the king. God is kind of like a king coming in, in the these people are his kingdom, right? In this in this place. He's, yeah, have you ever he's, seen the these thing colors? of God as a king, it kind of makes sense. Have you ever seen the colors, these colors together? They're beautiful with the uh, red, purple, and royal blue. Blue, purple, and scarlet. Well, scarlet is kind of like a red, uh yeah. like a dark, what is it? Like a dark red kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, maroon, dark red. Or just red. Uh, we but probably do they do this fire. like royal families do this kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, Catholic Church, I think, does this, don't don't they? Yeah, they use. Their, um, actually, they because, use because they kingdom. are they are the true kingdom of God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to think so. Yeah. They've gotten accustomed yeah. to it, but they'll find out soon enough. All right, <clears throat> its length was twenty cubits. Uh, is that thirty feet? And its height was five cubits, corresponding to the hangings of the courtyard. Their four pillars and their four sockets were bronze. Their hooks and their bands were of silver, and the overlaying of their tops and their bands were of silver. And the tent pegs of the tabernacle and all the courtyard around were bronze. And remember, they used to carry this thing around, right? So they had to kind of pack it all up and move it yeah. and then set it all up again. I don't know how they moved all that gold. It must have been heavy. Um, that's, well, I'm, that's still a mystery to me. They had that much gold to do all of that from Egypt. I do get it, but it was it would have been tons. Like it's heavy, right? So that basically carrying around Fort Knox of gold with their journey. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and 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 they didn't get robbed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they kind of did later on, but uh, <laughs> or they kind of lost it. They kind of gave it away to a certain degree. But uh, this is the inventory of the tabernacle, the tabernacle of testimony, as it was counted according to the commandment of Moses for the service of the Levites by the hand of Ithamar, son of Aaron, the priest. Bez Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, made all that the Lord commanded Moses. So that's the guy who made all that stuff. Well, here's a guy. Okay, so here's a, here's a little helper guy, I think. Oh, yeah, remember, it did talk about these two guys originally. With him was Oholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, an engraver and designer. So this guy did all this kind of stuff. Yeah. An embroiderer in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine linen. So that was his gift. This other guy had yeah, this and gift. I think, I wonder if the tribe of Dan, wherever they ended up, they would have carried with them all these skills. Just like this guy. Possibly. Yeah. 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 Because they, they could they have taught banned. their children, right? They, they would have taught their children these oh, yeah, skills. It would have been passed down. Uh, the lot of the Eastern nations, they're the one who have all these skills. Um, yeah. You could try, if you, you know, that would be a research thing. You could try to trace. What groups of people have these certain skills? Yeah, because like that, perfumers you know, really went yeah. to France or some of the European nations for all the perfumers. The pottery mm. went to different nations, the one that do all the fancy pottery stuff. Mm. The uh, fabric, that all went to the East, um, mm. making linens and yarns and fabrics and stuff. 
Hmm. And dying. So all these different jobs, I do see a spread to different hmm. parts of the world. Yeah, that could help uh, track down these different tribes and what yeah. happened to them. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people focus on the names of the cities or whatnot, or the names of the people, but there's probably other characteristics to look for. Well, they got banished to all four, four corners of the earth. At, when they got spread out, really over time, after a couple more generations, they would have started to look just like wherever they landed. And those skills would have carried. I think that was God's plan to spread them out because all the talent and the gifts that God given these Israelites, it actually did help the world and spread it out. So what yeah. is it like, even if, if Satan meant it for evil, God meant it for good kind of thing. Um, yeah, so sure. though they meant it for evil in their sins, God still mm. used them. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you could write a book about that. Yeah. <laughs> write right. a book all the, on any little thing here and you get lost, yeah. you know. All the gold that was used for the work in all the work of the sanctuary, even the gold of the wave offering, was 29 talents in 700 and 30 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary. Now, I do have a figure. I don't remember exactly how I got this, but uh, according to people who have figured out like how much is a talent and all that stuff, yeah. it might be uh, at least a ton of gold, like 2,000 okay. pounds. And in today's money, that would be $60 million. He says, okay, so it's a little over a ton. One um, metric ton, so that would be $60 million, roughly. Well, I, yeah, so, oh, yeah, one ton. Yeah, a little over a ton. And, and yeah, if you just calculate the price of gold today, that was uh, about $60 million in today's money. Wow. So, so they had $60 million. They had a $60 million temple, really, a portable wow. temple. Don't tell the Egyptians that. They might want reparations. I mean, I don't know if there's any temples in the world today that are worth $60 million of, or have that much gold. Are there? That maybe there are. I don't know. But uh, Not temples, but certainly people's houses. <laughs> I mean, gosh. <laughs> yeah. All the billionaires with their... Yeah. Even the Sheik. Yeah. Actually, the I think the most wealthiest nation in real wealth is probably Sudan or wherever... Uh, the sheiks, wherever, what are they called? I don't know. What, the Saudis? Saudis, yes. So Saudi they probably, I think they have unmeasurable amount of wealth and true wealth. Yeah, they, they don't have a lot of power, power. though, I, I think. I don't they know. Don't have, uh, no, they don't have much power. Not in terms of power, how United States and Britain uses it, but as far as wealth, I think they pretty much own a lot of stuff and have like real yeah. wealth. It's not like computers or things that are intangible. They have tangible wealth. Well, it's oil. Yeah. And gold and all kinds of other. Yeah. However. But this this is just the value of the gold. And then there's other, there's bronze and silver and all this yeah. fabric, which would also be millions of dollars as well. Right. So. Maybe but, you could maybe even say it's like $100 million, the whole thing, maybe. I don't know. So the silver of those who were numbered of the congregation was 100 talents. So here's some more. I don't know if I did these calculations. Um, did I? I don't think I did. The silver of those who were numbered of the congregation was 100 talents and 1,775. Well, it says it's okay. uh, 3.4 metric tons. 33 or 34? What does that mean? 33 or 34 tons? Is that right? Yeah. Well, 3.4 metric, metric tons. So actually... So what? how much... I don't know the value. I didn't look up the value of that, but... Uh, 
Well, I don't know how much a metric tons is. You'd have to look it up. mean in the thousands or I don't know. I don't. Yeah, according Math to this shekel of the sanctuary, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, a becca for every man that is half a shekel. According to the shekel of the sanctuary, for everyone who is numbered from twenty years old and upward, for six hundred and three thousand five hundred and fifty men. So that's the uh, shekels that they all gave the half a shekel. I yeah. think that's where that came from. All that silver came from the uh, half a shekel. Everyone had to give. Yeah. Remember, we talked in the census, the hundred talents of silver were for casting the sockets of the sanctuary and the sockets of the veil, a hundred sockets of the hundred talents, a talent for a socket of the 1,775 shekels. He made hooks for the pillars and overlaid their tops and made bands for them. The bronze of the wave offering was 70 talents and 2,400 shekels. With it, he made the sockets for the door of the tent of meeting and bronze altar and bronze grating and all the utensils of the altar and the sockets of the courtyard all around and the sockets of the courtyard gate and all the tent pegs of the tabernacle and all the tent pegs of the courtyard all around. That's a lot. Well, yeah. All right. Well, we got 40 minutes to do the next two chapters. All right. We'll do some speed reading then. Um, so let me do this one. Um, all right. So making the priestly garment, uh, now the blue, purple, and scarlet, they made woven garments for serving the holy place and made the holy garments for Aaron, just as the Lord commanded Moses. Making the ephod, he made the ephod of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet, and fine twisted linen. Then they hammered the gold into thin sheets and cut it into threads to work them into the blue, the purple, the scarlet, and the fine linen. With skillful work. They made shoulder pieces for it. In order to attach it together, it was joined by two edges together. The skillful woven waistband of his ephod was, it was like it, of the same material of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet and fine twisted linen, just as the Lord commanded Moses. They set onyx stone enclosed in gold filigree settings. They were engraved like the engravings of his signet, according to the names of children of Israel. And he put them on the shoulder piece of the ephod to be stones for the memorial of the children of Israel, just as the Lord commanded Moses, making the breastplate. He made the breastplate the work of skillful workmen, like the workmanship of the ephod of the gold, blue, purple, and scarlet, and fine twisted linen. It was square, then made the breastplate folded double a span long and a span wide when doubled. They set it in four rows of stone. A row of sardius topaz carbuncle was the first row. The second row, an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond. A third row, zakint, an agate, and emnephest. And the fourth row, a barrel, an onyx, and jasper. They were enclosed in settings of gold filigree. The stones were corresponding to the names of children of Israel, 12 corresponding to their names like the engraving of a signet, each with its name corresponding to the 12 tribes. They made on the breastplate braided chains like cords of pure gold, they made two filigree settings, two gold rings, and put those two rings in the two ends of the breastplate. They put the two braided chains of gold in the two rings of the ends of the breastplate. The other two ends of the two braided chains they fastened into two filigree settings. 
and put them on the shoulder pieces of the ephod at the front of it. They made two rings of gold and put them on the two ends of the breastplate, and on the edge of it was the inner side of the ephod. They made two other golden rings and put them on the two sides of the ephod underneath toward the front of it, and over against where it joined above the waistband of the ephod. They bound the breastplate by its rings to the rings of the ephod with the blue cord so that it might be above the waistband of the ephod and that the breastplate might not come loose from the ephod just as the Lord commanded Moses. Making other priestly garments. Then he made the robe of the ephod of the woven work all of blue. They were opening in the middle of the robe like the opening of a coat of a male within the band all around the opening so that it would not be torn. They made on the hems of the robe pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet and twisted linen. They made bells of pure gold and put the bells between the pomegranates all the way around the hem of the robe. There was a bell and a pomegranate and a bell and a pomegranate all around the hem of the robe to be used in service just as the Lord commanded Moses. They made tunics of fine, finely woven linen for the Aaron and his sons and a turban of fine linen and a decorated caps of fine linen and linen breeches of fine twisted linen. The sash of fine twisted linen and blue, purple, and scarlet, the work of the embroiderer, just as Lord commanded Moses. They made the plate of the holy crown of pure gold and wrote on it inscription like the engravings of a signet. The holiness to the Lord, they attached it to the blue cord to fasten it to the turban above, just as Lord commanded Moses. The work completed. Thus all the work of the tabernacle of the tent of the meeting was finished, and the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so they did. They brought the tabernacle to Moses and the tent of all of his furnishings, its clasps, its boards, its bars, its pillars, and its sockets, and the covering of ram skin dyed red, and the coverings of purpose skin, and the screening veil, the ark of the testimony, and its poles, and the mercy seat, the table, and all its utensils, and the showbread, the pure gold lampstand, with its arrangements of lamps, and all its utensils, and the oil for the light, and the gold altar, and the anointing oil, the fragrant incense, and the curtain for the entrance to the tent, the bronze altar, and its bronze grating, its poles, and all its utensils, the basin, its stand, the hangings of the courtyard, its pillars, and its sockets, and the curtain for the courtyard gate, its cords, and its pegs, and all the utensils of the, for the service of the tabernacle, for the tent of meeting, the woven garments, of service to do service in the holy place and the holy garments for Aaron, the priest, and his son's garments to minister as priests. The children of Israel did all the work according to all that Lord commanded Moses. Moses looked over all the work and indeed had done it, and as the Lord had commanded, so they had done. Then Moses blessed them. Wow, so that's a lot of reading. But uh, you know what's interesting is that you know they made this holy place, and then all the holy uh, kind of like the furniture, right? And then the utensils, and then the the people, even the people going in there had to wear holy clothing. Yeah, you know, so like everything about it, it, it almost reminds me of like a clean room, like with <laughs> semiconductors. Like you got to yeah. wear special outfit you know special uh, decontamination suits and all that you got to be decontaminated to enter a, a clean room right yeah like the it's kind of like that labs making viruses for us 
I'm sure they had to wear. Not only that, well, I was thinking, I was thinking semiconductors because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've kind of seen those things. You know, it's like you gotta. I mean, those things you got to be absolutely. There can be no contamination in a in a uh, yeah. what do they call them? They call them a clean room, in fact, and they have to wear yeah. special outfits, right? So it's kind of like that. It's for a modern day analogy to help help understand not only kind of what it looked like, but the 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 reason why they had to do all this stuff and why do they would need to wear special clothing because they're priests entering mm-hmm. into the holy place and they even had to cleanse themselves with a sacrifice that Jesus doesn't have to do. And remember, Jesus is in the, the real temple in heaven, the original uh, holy place in heaven. And this is kind of heaven coming down to earth in a, uh, you know, a shadow of things to come, kind of a replica of heaven on earth. So how come in today's churches, nobody cares about any of this? Like as far well, because the, as, yeah, they um, you know, they used to dress up for church. At least a hundred years ago. Yeah. Now, yeah, the evangelicals in the United States have a much more casual approach. Um, that well, if you look at the Catholic priests and even the Lutheran, pre, uh, pa- uh, whatever they call them, pastors, they wear like a robe kind of thing, yeah. right? They they do wear the robe still, which probably comes from the Levites originally. This concept of a priest wearing a robe or a priest wearing in the Orthodox priests, they wear special garments, right, yeah. to set them apart. So we know. And then the, uh, the the American evangelicals are much more casual, and it's more of it has to do with um, just the whole concept of where the Bible has the highest authority. And the people are all a little bit more equal, you know. Um, it's not as much of a hierarchy. Yeah, but it seems like God made a huge point to make everything sanctified and be holy within his temple. And I, I think people are not yeah. really recognizing Well, our, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit now, actually. Yeah. That's the thing, our body. But and even, when we come even, together, that's also the temple of the Holy Spirit. The church, not necessarily a church building, although the church, I would say, is kind of like sacred space. Yeah, it should be a sacred space if you're going is, to yeah. God, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, you know, the other day at, at a humanly temple, they're doing whatever they want with that temple. It's not really regarded in highest regards anymore. Like, well, I think the Catholics, the, temple, the Catholics and the Orthodox treat it much more seriously, actually, than the uh, the Protestants. I don't. Well, I don't know what, like, Luther and those guys 500 years ago, what they thought about it, but these days... The Protestants generally are pretty casual about these things. Oh, it um, is, and I could give you examples next time. What I see now, I'm I'm talking oh, about yeah. the concept even as believers as temples. We're supposed to take care of the temple. Yeah, our body. That's why. We, yeah, don't if we sin, we're defiling the temple. Yeah, which is our oh. bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and also the the body of the church as a whole. Yeah, but I'm um, talking about even like the physical appearance of people. It's way different than what all these people that are going in to meet God. There's a lot more respect and reverence. It's becoming more worldly. I mean, the world, because everyone grows up in this culture and the, the cultural, the culture kind of contaminates the uh, the holy people of God, right? Yeah. And, and people don't, I think a lot of people don't even know that they're supposed to be kind of holy and a lot of people don't realize who they really are as a uh, born again Christian that they are part of the kingdom of God already. Um, they don't. A lot of people just don't have a concept of the whole meta narrative, um, and they yeah, just think, we "Well, Jesus forgave us. We don't have to do anything." Yeah, Jesus, Jesus forgave us, so we can just keep sinning and live our worldly well, life and yeah. don't worry about it. That's that's kind of the view of some people. It's called the uh, 
liber- libertarian approach where, you know, in the Great Commission, right? They, they say, go out and make disciples of all nations. Yeah. But then right after that, it says, teaching them to obey my commandments. Yeah. That's the part they never talk know. about. Well, I think if you know the character of God, you automatically, if you have, you know, love for God, you would naturally want to obey it. But like some of the rules, like all the stuff the New Testament that laid out, I think he boiled it down to a couple of things. Love everyone as your neighbor, as yourself. I lost my train of thought, so we'll just continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think we could probably do a whole podcast on just reality versus what this is telling us. Maybe some other day. Okay, so chapter 40, the last one. Yay! The tabernacle erected. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, on the first day of the first month, you shall set up the tabernacle of the tent of the meeting. I have a, I have a little comment here. Right. So this is like basically New Year's Day, right? Which, you know, it might be the spring equinox. It might be the full, the first new moon of the spring, but it's yeah. in the spring at some time. But I was thinking maybe just, you know, just a specula- uh, speculation maybe that's the day Jesus is going to return on the first day of the year. I mean, mm-hmm. it is significant, like, on because this is, he's telling them this before the first day, right? So they're like, wait until the first day of the first month, the first day of the year, New Year's Day. Set this up, set up the tabernacle on New Year's Day. I am coming yeah. to earth. I am, my presence of God is going to come down and dwell with you on the on New Year's Day. Which is when, according to this, first day, first month. Well, it doesn't matter, but on New Year's Day, so maybe that's when Jesus will also return on on a New Year's Day of some year in the future. Yeah, because it's the same kind of thing that's going to be happening, right? Yeah, you know, just a thought. And there's other significant events. Some people say though that uh, God's going to return in fall. Something. No, everyone has a different opinion on that, but 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 there are a few significant uh, events that happen on New Year's Day as well. Like with the ark and um, in Ezra, there's a few things. It's you can make yeah. an argument for you can make an argument for for any time really. But I th- you know I think the spring because that's when the Passover was and the cross and the resurrection. A lot of things happened in the spring. Well, it so, wouldn't make uh, sense because I know that he likes to point certain seasons and yeah, it would be like the uh, end of March. Yeah. March 21st is usually the spring equinox. So that means he might be coming in the spring then, right? Instead of if if you do it following. Well, the, it's an argument in in yeah. for that view. I mean, we don't we have no idea when he's going to return, really. Yeah. yeah um, but it's just, it's right. like you could you could make a few arguments and look at other events that happen throughout the Bible on New Year's Day and say, oh, it's kind of similar to what might happen well, when Jesus returns. I think we can speculate the season, maybe not. But there's season. other, there's, you could make a good argument for the fall as well, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, I mean, they picked it according to the feast days or whatever they. Yeah, no, it, it's, yeah. It, it, well, the first of the month is significant. Uh, but so why, why, you know, why is he, st- why, why are they setting up the tabernacle on the first day of the year on New Year's Day, right? That's significant. Yeah, I so think I that's think, sig- yeah, in, in and of itself, that's somewhere. significant. Yeah. Yeah, because that's pretty much the start of that's the uh, presence of God dwelling yeah. with His people on the New Year's Day. It's a new year. <laughs> it's a new era, <laughs> a new calendar that God just created. All right, that's that's um, all I have. No, that's a good point. I like it. You shall put the ark of the testimony in it, and the screen, the ark with the veil. You shall bring in the table and arrange the things that are arranged on it, and you shall bring in the lampstand and set up 
its lamps. You shall set the golden the gold altar of incense before the ark of the testimony and put the curtain for the entrance to the tabernacle. You shall set the altar of the burnt offering in front of the entrance of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. You shall set the basin between the tent meeting and the altar and put water in it. You shall set the up the courtyard around it and hang up the curtain at the courtyard gate. You shall take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it and shall consecrate it and all its furnishings and it shall be holy. Then you shall anoint the altar of the burnt offering and all its utensils and consecrate the altar and the altar shall be most holy. You shall anoint the basin and his stand and consecrate it. Then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent of the meeting and wash them with water. You shall put the holy garments on Aaron and anoint him and consecrate him and so that he may minister to me as a priest. You shall bring his sons and clothe them with tunics. Then you shall anoint them just as you anointed their father so that they may minister to me as priests for their anointing will surely be everlasting priesthood throughout their generation. Thus Moses did and according to all that Lord commanded him, so he did. In the first month of the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. Moses erected the tabernacle and fastened it with its sockets and its and set up its boards and inserted its bars and erected its pillars. So I think I know what the sockets are now. You know, that things that hold up the tent, maybe? You know, like the, the things that stakes that go in the ground? Maybe that has something to do with how the tents get erected and then fastened, just like we do kind of do today. Yeah, it's like like poles and yeah. pillars in the ground and uh, like a tent. Yeah, so uh, I think it's all the stuff that is the structure for the, the tent. All right, so then he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent on top of it, just as the Lord commanded Moses. He took the testimony and put it in the ark and attached the poles to the ark and put the mercy seat on top of the ark. Then he brought the ark into the tabernacle to set up the veil of the screening and screened the ark of the testimony, just as the Lord commanded Moses. Then he put the table on the tent of the meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the veil. He set the bread in order on it before the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he put the lampstand in the tent of meeting opposite of the table on the south side of the tabernacle. He lighted the lamps before the Lord, just as Lord commanded Moses. Then he put the gold altar in the tent of meeting before the veil, and he turned and he burned fragrant incense on it, just as the Lord commanded Moses. Then he set up a curtain at the entrance of the tabernacle. He put the altar of the burnt offering by the entrance of the tabernacle on the tent of the meeting and offered on it burnt offering and the, and the grain offering, just as the Lord commanded Moses. Then he set the basin between the tent meeting and the altar and put water in it for washing. It was there Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet whenever they went into the tent of the meeting and whenever they came near the altar, they washed just as Lord commanded Moses. He erected the courtyard all around the tabernacle and the altar and he set up the curtains of the courtyard gate. So Moses finished the work. Glory it sounds like Moses did all that uh, himself there. Yeah. Was it he said he did this, he did that, and that's Moses. So he's kind of acting like a like a priest as well. He's you know he's like a prophet, but he's also a priest mediating. So like Moses, it wasn't just some other guy doing all this. It was Moses setting up the unless unless it implies he had help and he was the boss. But it keeps saying he did this, he did that singular. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? So I don't, I mean, could a one guy do that all by himself or did he have help? It doesn't, it's not clear, but. Well, how do you put up the tents without help? And these are, remember, they were like, some of them were 50 to 60 feet tall. Yeah. And in fact, later on, we are told that like the Levites were, their job was to tear it down and put it back up. They were like the manual labor for the tabernacle. Yeah. Um, he must have had help to put up. But it that. says, so Moses finished the work, you know, so yeah. I guess you could speculate, if, is that him by himself or is he just kind of like the boss and everyone's helping him out? I don't know. Uh, well, guessing on the amount of work he had, I don't know if he could do it alone, especially putting up those stakes and but, stuff. But the, here's the thing, though. They, they haven't really um, sanctified the priests yet. Yeah. And we're going to read about that in Leviticus. Because like Moses is kind of like holy, more or less, you know, he's kind of like sanctified. He's yeah. he's authorized to enter the clean room, more or less, right? Yeah. But I'm not sure anyone else uh, is. So who knows? I, I mean, it, it could have been because they weren't anointed yet. Yeah. Anyway, all, all right, right. Last last section. <laughs> the glory of the Lord. Oh. Uh, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter into the tent of meeting because the clouds settled on it, and the glory uh, of the Lord filled the tabernacle. See, see, now, now is where you got to be holy to enter it. Yeah, right, because the because the presence of God is there. You'll right. be burned up. You'll be extinguished. Like nobody could it. go in there. At Not that. now. Yeah, yeah, that's now it's changed. Now that God has settled in there, everything's changed. <laughs> it's much like more holy and dangerous. Well. It's a dangerous place. Yeah. And um and, and he entered it because they finished it, right? It's like they built his house yeah. and now he's moving in. But now they <laughs> have to be careful. They have to be very careful, or else his holy presence will 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 destroy yeah. someone who's contaminated. So it, how about it didn't burn up all that stuff? That he was in the tabernacle with God. If he's like super radiating something, well, I think it's it's clean. Like when he moves in, it's it was brand new. It's like a brand new house. It hasn't no, no, been filed no, yet. But, I mean, well, it's a different thought because you know how people it's made of gold. Can't see his glory up close and personal. They can only like Moses had to be protected. It could only see the back of. Him. Yeah, they couldn't see. Yeah. but well, yet- it's it's not his full. It's not his full power. He's still holding back. Like I mean, God can do that in a way that's not going to burn up the tabernacle. That's why they had to make it so carefully. Yeah, and that's why it was the blueprint from heaven that was built in a way that it could withstand the presence of God. Yeah, because the objects were sanctified and made holy. Didn't it say that somewhere? That everything was made. Yeah. So I guess that could. All right. So this is uh, when the cloud was lifted up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel would set out in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not lifted up, then they did not set out until the day that it was lifted. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day and fire was on it by night. And in the sight of all the house of israel throughout all their journeys so when the cloud was there they had to stay and when it was lifted up they could move yeah they they only moved when god told them to basically and that was his kind of his signal it's like it's time to go to a different place but that's kind of a general statement they haven't really moved yet in the actual storyline 
that's just a general kind of summary of what happened later on because they don't move around really even during all of leviticus that's basically law and they're not really not a lot of action they're not really moving anywhere they're still kind of in the same place so if you had to summarize this book having read through it now how (laughs) would you summarize it well yeah kind of like what i talked before it's like heaven coming to earth god establishing his kingdom on earth and you know he kind of rescued these slaves and uh now he's taking them and trying to tur- trying to turn them into his promised kingdom that he pro- that he promised Abraham. You know, he's trying to create that nation that he promised he would in the yeah. holy land. You know, which is not holy yet; it's unholy. It's full of Canaanites, and uh, even these people are, are kind of you know they're kind of just normal people. Really, he just chose them. But only the cho- you know, like like Paul says later on, not all Israelites. Are are not all Jews are Israelites or something like that, right? Not not all Israelites are the true Israel. It's only those who have faith in Him who are the true yeah. Israel. So so these people over there now call themselves Israelites. They're not Israelites. They don't have faith well, in God demonstrated neither through Son genetically Jesus. or spiritually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ethnic ethnicity has nothing to do with. Uh, being part of God's covenant people. So already we saw him destroying those who were rebelling against him. They were destroyed. They were killed. They're cut off from his people. They're not the true Israel. So it's it's all based on faith. Well, that's what Jesus came to abolish and then start the kingdom where everybody was invited to become that Israel. I have have, have one uh, interesting verse, or I have a few, I think, but... One really interesting verse is um, go to uh, Luke chapter 9, all right, and scroll down to verse 30. Verse 30, and suddenly two men were talking with him who were Moses and Elijah. This is what they what do they call this, the transfiguration, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure. That word departure right there? Mm-hmm. It's exodus in Greek, exodon. Yeah. So that, that actually says exodus in Greek, right? Mm-hmm. So you could say spoke of his exodus. Because that's all, it means exit. That's the word for exit in Greek. Yeah. So he appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus, which he was about to, which which he was to accomplish in Jerusalem. So his, the exodus, the second exodus was the resurrection after the cross. Yeah. That's the second exodus. Because they actually use the word exodus right there, where it says departure. Well, it got transformed. Into a spiritual. No, that's the transfiguration, but he's talking about his departure, which hadn't happened yet, which right. would happen at the cross. Book but of his the Exodus departure. would really mean that uh, God was involved in choosing his people and protecting them and then carrying them through out of into the promised land or his covenant. So if you analyze that with Jesus doing that, he essentially chosen us by faith. And is taking us out of our world and into his kingdom. Um, the new covenant. Yeah, and establishing a new covenant, just like Moses and these guys. God is, Well, God established a, a covenant with these Israelites. And now Jesus established a covenant, a new covenant. Yeah. That's better than the old one, according to the book of Hebrews and many other places. Yeah. And uh, established a new covenant. And that's kind of like an exodus. What was the other verse that you were thinking about okay here's a good one hebrews one (laughs) just the first three verses because we just talked about the glory of god right 
yeah uh the end of exodus kind of it, it basically the ending of exodus is pretty cool because it's the glory of god coming to dwell in this uh tabernacle they just built for him right yeah but his and, temple um, that he's leading the people with now this is going to also talk about the glory of god here verses one to three god who had so this is great i mean i love this this part this is the first you know first verse of the book of hebrews god who at various times and in diverse ways spoke long ago to the fathers through the prophets right that's what and, and moses is is the greatest prophet of all according to other passages has in these last days spoken to us notice they call it the last days this is like two thousand years ago yeah these last days spoken to us by his son so now the full revelation coming through his son whom yeah. he has appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the world that's kind of uh sounds like john he is at he he is he is the brightness of his glory the express yeah. image of the image of himself jesus is the true image of god the true humanity which is what humanity is supposed to be the image the image of god is, is a human being we are images of god yeah. and upholds all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high in the in the in the heavenly temple he was made so much better than the angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they but the brightness of his glory right so we had the glory of god coming into the tabernacle and it says here, Jesus is the brightness of his glory, and uh, the true image of himself. And also explains what was happening in Exodus. He had himself purged our sins. So by all the stuff that was going on in Exodus. There was atonement, yeah. It, he was actually purging their sins, the Israelites. Well, it didn't remove their sins completely. No, it didn't no. remove their desire, you know, their their true, their human nature. It, it didn't, didn't change their them, nature. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a temporary was, atonement cleansing them it was that cleansing was them for sure yeah yeah and then that was a gift of god to the people to allow them to even do that in the first place like you said before yeah. anyway that that's enough that's it for hebrew but the whole book of hebrews is really uh really helps us understand leviticus and all these laws that we're going to start reading about so do you want to read that separately or because i know you talk yeah yeah no we I'll, I'll just pick a few verses here and there okay. as we go through leviticus that um and you can as well you know if you find anything that uh that helps us understand leviticus um because that's really what because because we're not really at the end of the story we're at the, in fact it's a new beginning now the glory of god came to oh, yeah. the temple kind of now it's like now it's a beginning and a new a new chapter that so we're it's the it's end also, of exodus but it's the beginning of something else it's super interesting that you know god dwelled with adam and eve and now he found a, a different way to dwell with humans again, his people. Yeah, yeah, it's with these like corrupted, the uh, yeah, these fallen, uh, corrupt people who failed to be his images originally, and he's teaching them how to be his image again. Right? That's what all these laws are about. This is this is my character. Yeah. Love your neighbor. Treat people fairly and justly. Don't lie. Mm. Don't cheat. Don't steal. This is how you be holy. This is what I created you to be originally, but you guys yeah. messed it all up. This is what you're supposed to be like. This is how you're supposed to live life. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the holiness is clear. It's just the execution of what people's, even today, they can't seem to get it. Nobody gets it still. 
know well there's like a force inside of humans the rebellious nature that that that's why we need to be born again that's we die Mm -hmm. right we die to the old self the old self is an adam 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 uh was i almost want to say like adam was a loser (laughs) that's kind of mean i like adam everyone likes adam you don't want to be hard on adam but he you know he kind of blew it but i think he repented yeah he's okay adam's fine Uh now but no, but but we have to die to our old self yeah. and be born again in the image of God, who is the image of Jesus. Jesus is the true image of the true humanity, the true image of God. And we will be like him in the future, it says. In Do you verses. think Adam and Eve inherited the kingdom at the very end? You think we're going to see them? We're going to meet them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're saved. I think they're saved. They repented. <laughs> Oh. oh, of course, of course. They're not going to hell. How do we know they repented? They repented. They were forgiven by God. Oh, like you just said, he they said he's they they sacrifice. They made atonement. There was atonement Uh-oh. made. Well, then we probably shouldn't call him a loser. That if we're going to meet him again. <laughs> yeah, I, like originally he he lost. He lost. You know, he he made a mistake. He fumbled the ball. Well, yeah, he dropped the ball. He dropped the ball, mm-hmm. but then he got us kind of a second chance. No, a lot of these guys are still going to be saved, you know, even if they did, you know, they messed up. Yeah. Well, everybody um, messed up. Atonement, before. you know. Yeah. All right. And, so I know you got to go soon. So I'll share. I do. Yeah. My video, which will be a good breaking point if my video gets banned. It's got a lot of reading in it, um, but I think it'll be all right. So I had a cat translated from Google Cat Translate and I put in. Oh, that's my cat. It's your cat. She's talking, and she's. Oh my god! Oh no! <laughs> I can't hear the audio. Oh no! Really? That's because uh, sometimes when you play something on the computer, the audio doesn't go through the system uh, to the it. web to the podcast. You know what I mean? Will it traumatize my cat if I show her the video? It might. <laughs> no, but she she only if she enjoys the singing part. Well, if it's Yoko Ono, I think it'll traumatize the cat. Well, <laughs> you'll think it is a cat. I don't know. Uh, yeah, dang it, it's not letting me. Maybe I'll just watch it if you if you can kind of paste it in, you know, maybe to the yeah. end of the video or something. But you can't. I can't hear it now. I could read I the have letters. To reshare it. I have to reshare it. So I could read go. the letters. That's a pretty good idea, though, to overdub some human voices under the cat's uh, yeah. speaking. That's a good idea. Or you could even just upload it as a separate video on your channel. Upload it as a separate video, not attached to this one, because you'll probably get a copyright strike anyway. Yeah. Just upload it as a separate video, like a separate little short little video. All right, I'll do that. So then I'll just yeah. Tell then people. then we can watch it and listen to it, and people can watch it and hear it and listen to it as a separate thing, and it might go viral. You never know. <laughs> I mean, a cat speaking human language, you know, whatever it is, Yoko Ono and cats, that's viral video material right there. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm not going to upload it. It's going viral. Do it as a separate clip and you guys can, (laughs) if it doesn't get taken down or copyrighted, it might not get copyrighted. Use very little of it, but I think it'll be good and Enjoyable. Maybe it won't know, like YouTube won't recognize it. Yeah, because being anything it because it's Yoko Ono, it'll be so strange. <laughs> it might crash the internet. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys have to watch this if I upload it separately. You all have to watch this video. I I I, I kind of enjoyed it when I made it. So 
And I hope you yeah, like put it separately because I can't hear it right now. We can't get the full effect as part of this thing here, but uh, it has right. its own. It's a, it has its own identity and its own. Uh, it does go viral. I hope so. I was going to ask you if you wanted to upload it in yours, but they'll probably get copyrighted. So. Well, I could. I could. Oh, you want but, to? Uh, I'll give it to you. No, no, no. Keep it on yours. I don't want Yoko Ono on my channel. That might <laughs> that might ban me. <laughs> that might shut down my whole channel. <laughs> but it worked out really, really well. I was so excited to share this with Is you. Yoko Ono still alive? Uh, she's she 90, so she's not going to Still last. alive? Yeah. Wow. I actually invited, I wanted to speak to her. I'm too old. I'll never be able to reach her, but maybe. But I, you know, she's definitely not a Christian. She's kind of already claimed herself to be a self uh, witch. So whatever. But yeah, yeah, it seems to be involved in the uh, occult somehow. I'd yeah. imagine, you know, like most of them are. But I did recognize her talent, though. That's all I wanted to share with her. And you. Yeah, a lot of them are very talented people. Yeah. All right. I'm going to upload it separately and I'm going to share it with you. And then hopefully you guys will enjoy it. All right. Thank cool. you so all right. much. Well, I got to go. Thanks a lot. Yes. And see you in Leviticus. Yeah. Have a great right. day. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.